what a normal experience it is to want to do something creative and have that roadblock mindset surroundings of people who tell you like, you won't be able to make money from this. Welcome back, magic makers. Kelsey Foremost here, the host of Find Your Magic, the podcast where entrepreneurship and mental health meet. I am also the founder of Magic Words Copywriting, and I teach entrepreneurs how to write words that sell without sounding salesy or feeling gross because Lord knows, trying to talk about what we do and how we serve the world can feel really triggering. And that's why I'm really excited to welcome today's guest, Dr. Tracy McGrath. I think so often entrepreneurs come to me and they have this hang up about wanting to get right to the sales part, wanting to have more people click that buy button without first doing the very necessary work of grounding themselves in who they are and the gift that they give to the world. So often we don't really believe in ourselves. We don't have that confidence, that calm assurance that we are here to solve someone's problem. And the best business advice, the best copywriting advice comes from that place. And here's the thing, you can be left-brained, businessy, put on your business pants all you want, unless you find time to tap into that creative, right-brained part of you, you simply will not connect with as many people. So today's guest is a fan of the show who pitched me, and I couldn't believe how perfect her credentials were to come on this podcast. Her name is Dr. Tracy McGrath. And while she is a pharmacist by day, also by day, she is a mindful art and meditation teacher. She has all of these incredible credentials, um, like she's certified in mindfulness and meditation and from multiple places. Um, she is a level three Reiki master. She's a certified strategic life coach. She's a certified EFT practitioner, which is emotional freedom technique, if you don't know the lingo. And she's also a full-on pharmacist. So Tracy knew that she was experiencing some anxiety while she was getting her degree in pharmacy. She was told, you know, you can't make money from art, so you shouldn't spend time on it go to school, get a degree, get a job that makes you money. I think a lot of us can identify with that line of thinking and perhaps, you know, where we come from, our communities, our family systems might have reinforced the idea of the quote unquote starving artist, which I have so many problems with, but that's another conversation for another day. But Tracy, in order to deal with the rising anxiety that she was experiencing during her pharmaceutical learnings, she started to rediscover her love of art and specifically her love of painting. And she started taking a bunch of different classes. She started looking into like what happens to the brain when we start to 
use that uh, that right brain when we get in that place of flow, when we let ourselves go and we don't have a quote unquote end product in mind. It does wonders if you are a self-identified perfectionist. I know I am. Um, So what we talk about today in this conversation is, first of all, the benefits of figuring out a way where you can start to introduce art mindfully into your life Um, does not mean you have to become an artist. In fact, far from it. We want the opposite for you. Figuring out... Is it singing? Is it joining like a dance class? Is it an adult coloring book? Is it rap? Is it skateboarding? Like what is the thing that brings you joy that doesn't bring you money? I love this conversation. It really made me think a lot about how I sometimes neglect this, even though I love to paint, I love to sing. I mean, former theater art kid nerd over here, like to the nth degree. And yet I fall into this trap too of, well, if it's not my quote unquote job, if it's not making me money, then I'm, I don't have time for it, or it feels selfish or self-indulgent to, make time for this. So I feel extremely motivated and excited to maybe dig out my old adult coloring book, which I know is here somewhere. And my old, uh, my old little set of colored pencils. And you know what, I'm going to commit, I'm going to, when I post this on social media, when I post this episode on social media, I'm also going to include pictures, proof in the pudding. Look at me holding myself accountable um, of some sort of art project that I did before this, uh, before this podcast comes out, because it's important. And not only is it important for our mental health and our overall well-being, but it also helps us have more clarity and more um, productivity. Not that that should be the goal, but it is a fun side effect. Helps us have more productivity in our left brain activities. So with that, please enjoy this amazing conversation with my new friend, Dr. Tracy McGrath. Tracy, I'm so excited to welcome you with open arms to find your magic. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I was tickled pink when I got your pitch to be on the pod because as I told you in my first email to you, a lot of people don't know this. Um, they know I used to be an actress, but they don't know that one of the ways that I would scrape together money to like feed myself and put gas in my dusty ass Ford Focus was I had an Etsy shop called Foremost Fine Art. And I did acrylic and watercolor portraits for money. I, I can't believe I only charged a hundred bucks for an eight by 10 and like 120 for an 11 by 14. I can't believe I still remember this. <laughs> and um, I would do like a lot of wedding portraits and pet portraits. But I was particularly excited to talk to you because I lost my love of painting after about a year of trying to make money from it. And painting and art 
used to be such a joy giving activity for me. It put me in that state of quote unquote flow. So let's start there, Tracy. You know, you you left a not very creative job to do this work. So I wonder, it does that resonate with you? Is that a common thing that people come to you with? And let's talk a little bit about your story of, of how you got to where you are. Okay. Um, that's so impressive that you did wedding portraits and animal <laughs> portraits. I'm super impressed. Um, well, actually, I, I still work as a pharmacist, but you're right. It's not a super creative field. Um, but art had always been this like through line throughout my life. It was the elective. I was like, I have to take art. Like if yeah. I don't take art, I die. Um, and then somewhere like high school, it became apparent to me that the like uh, general mindset where I grew up was that you can't support yourself doing art and going to art school is not going to happen. Yeah. So I shifted over into okay, how can I make money doing a job that I'm actually going to be able to support myself. So that's how I got into pharmacy. Mm -hmm. um, and then like second year in pharmacy school, I was sort of realized, kind of got the slap in the face of like, oh God, I don't like this. And yeah. I don't think this is going to fill me up for the rest of my life. And I spent a summer painting and I realized that, um, you know, that was what I wanted to do, but I still had no college degree at that point. And I was like, uh, what am I going to do? So yes. obviously long story short, I finished the pharmacy degree and then have just kind of found ways to sprinkle art in. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's been a long journey of getting to where I am now, but, um, and sort of seeing the way I can use it now as a form of meditation really, and a way to relax and to not get caught up in the final product. Cause I think that can be something, I don't know if it was yes. for you, but there's a lot of pressure to like make this perfect piece of artwork. Mm, yeah. You were, you were selling, you were selling them. So I, mean, I was, so there's an extra layer of pressure for sure. Um, cause you want people to get their quote unquote money's worth, but I want to go back for a second and talk about what a normal experience it is to want to do something creative and have that roadblock mindset surroundings of people who tell you like, you won't be able to make money from this. And I want to separate right now money from worth and money from value, because as we'll get into in this conversation, the value that I get from intentionally doing creative activities that have nothing to do with money actually make me much more productive, clear-headed, um, and like, I have more fun. Like I'm, I am more joyful in the work that does make me money. So I actually think it's a both and right. It's not this either, or, and it's such an unfortunate line of thinking that we get, especially when we're beautiful, mushy college students. <laughs> I feel like so many of us just like, we have that passion, right? It's like, oh, I love music or I love art or I love skateboarding, like fill in the blank, what a, you know, quote unquote, not money-making activity <laughs> is. And we ignore the joy because it's not a quote unquote viable career path. So tell me how 
you went from, cause you're still a pharmacist, which I actually love that. I love that you're still doing the quote unquote traditional job while like intentionally bringing art into your life. So how did it get from this either or to now both and? Um, well, a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Call it out. <laughs> Fueled the search. So, I mean, I started out, you know, pharmacy school, everything like you got to have a study to back it up to I moved to Los Angeles and um Oof, that'll do a number on your mental health by itself. <laughs> like a small town in North Carolina to Los Angeles. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know what's happening. But where in North Carolina are you I'm from? Ashboro, which is. I know Ashboro. I went to school in Davidson. Oh, really? Yes, Davidson. For those who don't know, um, Davidson is a very small liberal arts college outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And yes, I did go to school with Steph Curry. Um, we actually were in a comedy improv group together, which everybody loves to hear. Um, yeah, but I love North Carolina. North Carolina is such a great, great part of the country and it's beautiful. It's so it is pretty. pretty, but yeah, I can imagine LA was a culture yeah, shock. <laughs> uh, a little bit, uh, just the pace of everything too. Um, and then, you know, mm-hmm. and no Bojangles. <laughs> yes, that's right. No sweet tea. Yeah, I really had to give up on the sweet tea, which is not a bad thing. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that fueled my college career, sweet tea. But same, <laughs> sweet tea and cookout, <laughs> which I think we're getting a cookout down the road from my house. So I'm pretty. <laughs> oh, you lucky. Um, so yeah, that was a huge. I mean, I had had anxiety stuff happening before, but I didn't even really know what it was. And it still took me a while to sort of figure out like what it was. I just thought, I don't know how to communicate with people or there's a lot to be scared of in the world. How did that manifest? How did that manifest in like in your life at that point, if you don't mind sharing? Um, I mean, it was a lot of like just especially at work, it was a lot of like constant fear, not unable, like literally unable to communicate, taking um, a lot of other people's reactions and emotions as my responsibility. I mean, that was a huge part of it. And so being in pharmacy, like even if somebody's insurance wasn't working, I was like, okay. Oh, that's so, I can't imagine, honestly, even today is like, you know, self-proclaimed healing from people pleasing that like, that gives me anxiety. Just thinking about having to turn someone away. Yeah. Or just like Ooh. giving them the news, like just being the messenger was so scary for me. And um, so, you know, I've done a lot of work on that, just, you know, separating myself. You know, I'm, this is information I'm passing along. This is not my responsibility to all how they respond to that. But, uh, but yeah, that was one way it just, it was a lot of constant fear about communication. And then, um, I mean, I'm sure it came up in other ways too. I had a lot of like neck and back tension and headaches and not sleeping well, and probably, you know, partying too much, numbing myself out. And then being in Los Angeles, it was really easy to do that. (laughs) Sure is. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's a big part of it. But um. I think that's, thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important for people to know what to look for. Like a lot of things that actually sometimes um, come across as productivity or can actually be anxiety. And a lot of things that come across as shyness 
or um, a lack of confidence actually come down to, again, anxiety, which is a physical experience. So I always am very curious to hear what people's experience of anxiety was so that other people can hear it and maybe have a light bulb moment for themselves. I love that. That's great. Because I think that yeah, I didn't, I mean, coming from a culture and maybe a time too, where we didn't talk about these sorts of things, but yeah, I sure. didn't know what, and there was still very taboo, you know, to see a therapist. And so then I was the prototypical moving to LA and I got a therapist and, mm. you know, yeah, <laughs> you started drinking green juice too. Right, doing yoga, all the things. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that, no, you're right. Like it does help to know someone else's experience because that may point out to someone else that they can, that that's what's happening to them too. Yeah. Just to give them the information. Yeah. So yeah, that just sort of becoming more aware of that led me into exploring different things that I enjoyed. Cause I knew, um, I, you know, I needed my job and I was mm-hmm. kind of still dealing with this like love hate relationship with that. But I started then my time being in LA, I had access to everything. So you could learn how to do anything. So my, at the time, my prescription was take any classes you can find in whatever you want to do. Things particularly I I had never done before. So it was like making pasta, glass blowing, uh, figure drawing, like all kinds of different things. And um, I love that. And and I would think of something and I would find it. There was a class. Someone was teaching it. I love that too, because there's something called beginner's mind that like when you come to a class like that and you're, you know, like I'm just coming to take this class to experience this class. I'm not going to become a glass blower. I'm just going to do this because it sounds like fucking right. fun. Like <laughs> I, I think that that's so important and cool that you did that. Yeah, totally. It was the only thing I could really find that alleviated that pressure I still yeah. heard that voice in my head, though, saying like, "Why are you not good at glass blowing? Like, come, yeah, sure. Jay you can do this better." But then I would, because it was so ridiculous, I I stopped myself and was able to say, come, "That's crazy! Like, I know what this mm, is. Now. This isn't true. me. This is this voice that's trying to protect me in some weird diabolical way." But um. Yeah. Yeah. That perfectionist protector part. Yeah. Yeah, Totally get it. Yeah. But I think that, and then taking those classes, it, I started to see a pattern of everything was sort of creative and artsy and, um, it just kind of led me into knowing that that was an outlet for me, that that was something I needed to do. And then, um, I got certified to teach meditation because I got really interested in that and all the health benefits of it. And I knew that would help with, you know, stress. And it also kind of gave me that little science stuff that I needed to everything like, okay, this is not just woo woo anymore. This is like scientifically proven. This is Harvard saying this, like, I can believe this. I can get behind this. Um, Totally. I also, I want to do an entire exploration of the word woo woo (laughs) because, and you know, not now necessarily, but I think like there's no such thing as like, if something's helpful, it's helpful. And the science is if you feel helped, you're helped. It doesn't matter how you got there. I mean, like, you know, within the bounds of physical safety, but 
to me, it's like, if spirituality and meditation and green juice help you feel like a healthy grounded person, that's not woo. That's health. I agree. I, uh, yeah, I totally agree. You know? And then it's funny because like, I, it was like, I needed that evidence to get into it. And then once I got into it, yeah. I was like, Oh, I'll do anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, have some like spirit come into the room and talk to me. Okay. I'm totally in, but like, I had to Great. I had to get into that world coming from like okay this is like backed up by science I don't you needed that bridge yeah. yeah I think most of us do most of us do because if we don't believe it then it's not gonna help right. yeah so uh, yeah and then so like art was like a through line throughout all of that and um, then kind of what I figured out was that art was so I was still doing like oil painting and watercolor sort of as like a I really wasn't sure what it was. I mean, it was like a fun practice, a, like a hobby. Yeah, but it was also like in the back of my mind that, ooh, maybe I can do something with this. Like maybe I can do these paintings. Mm. But then there was that voice behind it. Like, okay, it's not good enough. Like, when is it going to be good enough? Like, when are you going to get into a gallery? Or, I mean, I wasn't even trying to get into a gallery, but like there's that right. voice inside. And so I kind of figured out that, I could combine all of the things I had learned through the meditation and the mindfulness and all of that research with these voices I kept hearing through my art practice and like kind of create like a mindfulness art practice where you're not focused on the result. You're focused on the process and like getting curious, like, okay, why am I saying that? What, first of all, just noticing what you're saying, like, what, what is coming up? Like, as I'm painting this thing that I don't even really know what I'm doing, what am I hearing? Like, am I hearing this voice? Like, well, why did you pick those colors? Like, those look terrible together. <laughs> or, you know, why did you do that? You put too much water on it. You, put, you didn't get enough, you know, like all of these little things that you may not even notice if you're just trying to get through a project. But I mean, it, I don't know why art is such a trigger. I mean, it's, it is for me, and I think it is for a lot of people. We yeah. have that tendency to think it's got to be great. It's got to be perfect, even when we've never done it before or have or have gone away from the practice. And um, I'm still exploring like why that is. I don't know why it's such a trigger for people, but I think that's an interesting part. Well, I mean, I don't either. But just hearing you say that, what it brings up for me is childhood, right? Like when you're a kid, art is encouraged and um, it's expected, but as an adult, like I remember when adult coloring books were really all the rage and I remember feeling childish and like, wow, no one's going to take me seriously if they knew that I did adult coloring books. And I wonder if there's a piece of that where it's like, if it isn't quote unquote productive, if it isn't something that you can add to your resume that makes you quote unquote successful as an adult, then we tend to hide it, you know, but then there are like these gateway creative things like cooking where like we do get praise or yeah, there's, it's so interesting, but art in particular, like painting, drawing, things where it, it's not linear, it's not an it's up for interpretation. 
that's very fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. like what is that? Be part of why it is a trigger because, like, what is that end result going to get us? Like, other than to be a famous artist, it's either like mm. you're just doing it for fun or to like create, or you're going to be a famous artist. So there's not like a a good middle ground in there. So we maybe that's where that pressure comes from. Versus like cooking, mm. it's could be well and in this culture right in particular like in america in particular it there really isn't a lot of room for hobbies like it feels self-indulgent even i would go so far as to say it feels self-indulgent to have three hours a week that you dedicate for a hobby that is just for fun and yet As you said, there is science-backed research that tells us that play is part of wholehearted living. You cannot have what's called fully integrated wholehearted living in the psychology field. You cannot have that without purposeless play. So talk to me. So you got all these certifications. You learned the science. You explored a bunch of different avenues of like art and self-care and science, and you kind of put them all together to create what you have now. Tell us about what you do now. So I have a good combination of offers in like locally, I actually have little art parties at my house. So women, Love yeah, it. it's, it's super fun. So women will come over and I mean, generally it's women, it's open to anyone, but um, that is who has taken me up on the offer so far, but um, we have usually like five different art activities that we'll work through and I'll teach some meditation, some sort of non-traditional meditations, not just the general sitting there quietly, but um, some that where your eyes are open and some where you're moving around. And it's just to start to get like into your body and noticing things. Um, But the, that, so that's one thing that I've been able to do and just basically working them through the activities that they can totally do on their own. I mean, there's nothing fancy about these. Um, And that's the whole point is that you to make it super easy, that it's something you could do every day or once a week or just somehow incorporating Mm -hmm. into like like a five to 10 minute practice where, yeah, it's all about the play. And the end result is not I mean, it might be something you want to hang up, but that's not that's not what you're working towards. You kind of even don't even know what you're making, which is. Which is the point, right? Yes. <laughs> that is the entire point. Exactly. Because <laughs> then it can't be quote unquote wrong. Exactly. But you'll. it's interesting how your brain will still try to make it wrong. <laughs> oh my God, totally. I actually was talking to another former guest on this podcast. Her name is also Kelsey, Kelsey Wonderland. She's a dating coach in Nashville, Tennessee. She's exploded over the past six months. Um, She just got featured in the New York Times. It's wild how popular she's gotten. And she just told me she started doing paint by numbers as a way to relax. And she's like, it takes the decision-making and the perfectionism out of it because I'm just like, like I'm, it's physical, right? She's doing the painting, but it takes any judgment off of it. Cause like paint by numbers already decided what this was <laughs> right. going to be. And I was like, I remember paint by numbers when I was like seven years old and it's making a huge comeback for adults. And I think it really speaks to what you're doing. Yeah, I loved paint by numbers as a kid and I totally had forgotten about it. I mean, what a great concept. <laughs> 
It's so great. It's so, so great. So you're supporting people through classes in your house, but you also have some online programs and some, I think, meditations. Am I right? Yes, there's a, I have a free downloadable guided meditation. And then um, I do, I just created a digital course, which is about good for you, are, but also about like tapping into your limiting beliefs or things that might be holding you back. We kind of explore that before we get into the mindful art. Uh, Love mindful that. art is just like a way to sort of notice those, but sort of going through like what those are and where they might come from. And then, um, you know, how to set up healthy habits and gently like not anything to like force yourself to do things, but deciding what feels good and what works for you. And that's what's easy, always what's easy. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. I'm tempted to ask you something. You can totally say no. I'm putting you on the spot big time. I've never done this with a guest before, but would you want to take us through a short example meditation of like something that you would take a class through or take, you know, someone, someone who downloads your things, like a taste of what it's like to work with you? Um, well, I mean, I have like a, a, well, I have a couple of things that could work. I mean, I have a hand meditation that basically we use our hand to go through like some deep breaths. Um, I also have another one where it would be a little bit longer, but it's a guided meditation where basically you're imagining a painting that you're painting you know, mind, so. mm. Oh, I like both of those options. Maybe let's go with the hand and then people can download the more full meditation on your website. So if you're open to that, let's do okay. it. And now this is one where your eyes are open. It's totally, and I like it because it's super fast and you can do it pretty much anywhere. And basically you're just going to hold out your hand, like in the, you spread out your fingers and you'll start at the bottom of your thumb. And as you move your pointer finger on your other hand up the thumb, that's where you're going to breathe in. And then when you go down the finger on the other side, that's where your exhale. So, mm, so you're like tracing the outline of, let's just say like, you've got your right hand, like you're going to give a high five and you've got your left pointer finger starting at the base of your thumb. And it's like, you're tracing the outline of your hand with your left pointer finger. I love this. Also okay. do it on paper. Like if you actually mm. trace and do it that way too, that's another option to, you know, actually draw something, but okay. So yeah, we're going to mm. start at the bottom of the hand and we're going to breathe in as we move up our thumb. And then we'll exhale as we move down the thumb and then breathe in as you go up your pointer and then breathe out as you move down and then out again, up the finger, ring finger and then down and then up the pinky and then all the way down and exhale all the way out to the bottom of your palm again. And that's it. Oh, I love that. I love that because it's tactile, which makes it less likely that my mind is going to wander. It's also very soothing to feel your finger tracing the outside of your hand like that. I would go so far as to say, I want to do the other side also like balance it out. It's super simple. It's like every finger you're going up towards 
the tip, like your fingernail, you're inhaling. And then as you go down into the crevice between your fingers, like where your palm is, you're exhaling. That was so cool. Thanks, Tracy. I really put you on the spot there. You over-delivered. I'm so glad. Thank you. (laughs) And obviously, you guys, if you're listening to this driving, wait until you get home (laughs) to do this meditation. Wow. Tracy, thank you so much for being here. This was really great. I feel like um, so many entrepreneurs, we are creative people. We are artists at heart. So what would be a great like first step if someone is coming to you going like, I really miss that feeling of creativity, but I don't know where to start. What would you recommend? Um, well, I have a mindful art guide, which is three pretty simple exercises. Basically, you could do, you know, there's three in there. You could do one in each like 10 minutes or so, but that's at drtracymcgrath.com slash freebies. And there's a couple others there, but that's the one I would recommend for everybody to start with just to get a little bit of an art practice going. Love that. And you guys, that will also be in the show notes below. So you can just click on that, download that freebie. I downloaded it myself. I can't wait to do it. Thank you, Tracy. This was such a valuable conversation and I know is going to inspire so many people to take some time for themselves, nourish yourself, let yourself get into that right brain flowy place, that purposeless play. You deserve it. And not only do you deserve it, your left brain work will be better for it. Exactly. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning into this episode of Find Your Magic. Take care. (laughs) All right, y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests, and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, be sure to subscribe to Find Your Magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.